0: Welcome back to the Seven Figure Music School podcast. We've got a special episode for you today. In early December of 2023, we hosted a meetup at Brooklyn Music Factory, and it was kind of at the last minute, but we still had a number of music school owners show up for an event that Nate and I hosted. And we met folks there for a tour of BMF. Uh, Nate talked about the programs that BMF, offers to the community, he talked about the strategy, there was a question and answer period. And during that day, for some of the day, we actually turned on some cameras and filmed and recorded the tour, uh, the strategy session, and the Q&A. Today's episode is a small excerpt of some of the footage that we got from that day, specifically a question that was asked by one of the attendees about commercial leases. And Nate and another attendee there spent a long time talking about their experiences when negotiating leases for a music school location. And while we have covered that topic in the past, Nate had some really unique comments and some stories that he's never shared before in the podcast. So I'm recording this special opening to kind of tee up what you're about to see because it's very different from our normal format. And I will even say that if you typically listen to the podcast, I would maybe head over to YouTube and search for the Guru Music Studio channel and just take a look at the video because we actually hosted this event or at least part of this event in the lobby of Brooklyn Music Factory. It's a really gorgeous space. And if you've ever wondered what the inside of BMF looks like, you'll actually get to see Nate and myself and some of the guests who were there that day as we did this Q and A. Now, in a couple of weeks, we're actually gonna release another segment from that same day. And it was a longer Q&A period where a number of really interesting questions were asked. So definitely check that out two weeks from now. But uh, thank you for tuning in and enjoy this clip about negotiating for commercial space for your
1: music school. Let's just dive right in and try to tackle some of these um, commercial leases, what is of interest? When we wanna, when we're, yeah, let's try to get more specific. What, what aspect of commercial leases? Um, I think you were just saying at the time what topics are in everyone's minds. And yeah, okay. I talked about it, so I must say I wasn't more specific in that moment. Okay. Um, I think uh, maybe your top three or whatever, tips or one or whatever for people Somebody like myself that knows nothing about it, what should I definitely do or not do? Nice. Maybe Melanie and I will go back and forth, because we we both have spent some time in that world. Hmm. You down, Melanie?
2: Yeah, of course, but you start.
1: Okay. Uh, My first top tip is that this is a relational business, and that if you intend to uh, negotiate a long-term commercial lease that is meaningful, then you do it the same way you would anything that matters in your life, finding a great doctor, et cetera. So you go out and you you, however you would work your network, you do the exact same thing here, Mm. right? um, That's how this place evolved. It came through network, through a friend of mine who had a co-working space with these landlords. He introduced us from there I figured out who all the players were through research, realized, oh, David, one of the members of the, one of the partners is on the board at the Brooklyn Conservatory. Mm. oh, he studies jazz piano with an old friend of mine. It just goes like that. Mm. And so then when I showed up to my initial um, hello meeting, yeah, it was just like, David, how's, how are lessons going? Um, they have a brand piano in their office. I sat down and I played, you know? I was like, play for me, you know? So it's just like, you just develop it, right? And then, because you're, um, you're figuring out, just like anything that matters in life, you're figuring out whether it's gonna be mutually beneficial, right? This isn't, you're not like, I need you to get me something. I need you to give me something, i.e. at 12 year lease, right? What you're actually doing is saying like, is this a relationship that is gonna be like, am I going to benefit you or are you going to benefit me? You know? Or in this case, we, you know? Um, and so that's my tip number one. Treat it just like you would anything else that matters in your life. We relation, long-term relationships you're going to develop, etc. Melanie, what do you got for us? A- well, I'll
2: dig deeper with that. Um, my contractor that I use has been with me for 10 years. Love what we do. Yeah, it's so special. He only builds recording studios and Mm -hmm. us whenever I call him. He's like there looking at real estate with me. And my first real estate lawyer, really wonderful and invested in what we did. But I never achieved that with a landlord and both at the dance belt.
1: Mm. Oh, but you have two pieces of the team. Yeah,
2: I have two pieces, so I have everybody ready to go once I build that relationship with the landlord. Although my landlord right now really does love us. Just not, like, They're... I want a long-term lease, and I don't have, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I ask you, um, what kind of lease structure do you have in your place? We're month to month, and that's why, part of why I wanted out. Um, we're right on the water, we're uh, all of those towers are going up. The Wollentis family is like huge in Brooklyn and it's like this building's going to get torn down and there's going to be a tower someday, but not tomorrow. So I'm fine right now.
1: Okay. So then you bring up a good number two tip for me, um, which is that it takes a team. Uh, and let me describe some of the players on the team. So Melanie already pointed out really important members. Actually, you were asking about members of the team before. Like, So you need your contractor, and you need, it's, again, you put it perfectly. Like Jimmy, who did this base, he always picked up my call. He, he's just a lovely human, and I'm sure that I'm gonna do work with them again. You know? Um, you need, you, know, you need your GC. You need some version of an attorney. That's a piece that's been really hard for me, Melanie. I should probably actually get some advice from you on that because I'll send you the I, would love, I yeah. would love that because we've struggled with attorneys, actually. I've, I've had them. When I needed to get out of the lease, I found the kind of attorney that's like, <laughs> we'll go to the mat for you, cut throat, pay him 2500 we will be done by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I was like, <laughs> I don't know if long-term I want to work with you, dude. And then that happened again when we negotiated this, the, the attorney we had. I was like, actually, I don't, didn't feel right. So I'm missing that piece.
2: I only didn't get the guy the second time because he was on paternity leave. So he's back in
1: the game. He's back in the game. Love it. Yeah. So, so GC, attorney, architect. Here's the thing. And I mean, you can speak better than me. Is that um, when we're taking any project and this is a big one um you want to know exactly what you have to offer and where you to have massive knowledge gaps and if you think you're going to design it all yourself um you're going to get what you uh you're going to get what you get you know it's not going to end up looking like this that's for sure you know um if i had designed it it would not have ended up looking like this right so you get those pieces then another piece you have is that, like when, when you're negotiating a lease, um, so what role am I playing? I'm playing the last slide that you guys saw, the vision of where we're going to be from 2030. I'm, pl- I'm the pitch guy. You know, my, my purpose is to go in there and be like, help, help them develop faith in the next 12 years with Brooklyn Music Factory as a core tenant. That's actually my purpose. The other part for me um, so so you need a pitch person, you need someone who's actually going to go in there and be prepared right if you're if, this is true for negotiating anything, but in this case you're negotiating on a lease like this and negotiating um, like two million dollars that's what we owe them over twelve years two point five million or something so that's a boatload of money to me, you know so i'm like I'm like I want to I'm, I'm negotiating that, but I knew that this would be the right space for us in terms of location, geographic, all the, all the clear markers, you know.
2: I was going to say, how do, you, how do you define the paired billion truths?
1: How do you, oh, okay, so great question. So, um, and I can share a version of this. So I created a book just for them, designed it. And it looked and felt like it used a lot of our branding, our assets. Well, when we get to the branding question, Kirk, we'll talk more about this. But it had our mission. It had our purpose. It had our financials in a simple, easy, like where we were in 20, like growth year over year, enrollment, um, dollars. It had um, what we offer, like mini keys, jam band, 101. It, it had who we serve. It has why we serve them. Um and it has it had a picture of the space. Imagine this space in your building. So it had that architect rendering I was telling you about. It had a picture of our old space. This is where we were coming from. Um and then it had a clear punch list of what we intended to build. It's like this is the number of classrooms, da-da-da-da-da, this is what we anticipate it'll cost. Etc. cetera. So we'd like gone through, it, and it showed what it, and, 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 what it shows is that you've put deep thought into what you intend to do there. Right. You're not just looking for a place. You not like, ah, we lost our old place. I'm looking for a new place. You're like, no, we want to be in your space. And here's what it could look like in your space. You know, um, obviously, I didn't have their floor plans at that time, but um, and so when I hand, and you know, it's a full color printed book and I'm handing it to each, all four members of the team and I'm like, so, and they look out of that and they'll, they said, I remember one of them was like, whoa, those are really, you're going to serve hundred thousand students by 2030. Those are some big dreams. And I was like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to exactly. do it in your space. You know, we're like, and you're going to help us get there. And that's why I think this is going to be great. You know? Um, Other things that you prepare for is, like, um, so if you're a music school moving into, like, the rest of this building isn't necessarily music schools. Like, there's a wellness center, there's a dentist, there's, like, three architecture offices, there's a financial services office, there's actually a reporting studio on the eighth floor, um, but he's 70 years old and been very successful. He's the guy who wrote was in tommy two-tone and wrote eight six seven five three oh now one, but his studio is up there so they were fine with him being there because this was his like last swans he's like i'm going to build one more play space and that's it you know okay. um but the point of, and he's a so he knows exactly what he's doing right um so the other piece to being prepared and pitching is that um you you're not going to be something other than who you are and for us we're like if you want hundreds of families coming and going from your space every single week, then we're the place for you. We're a family-focused community building center. That's what we do. So if that's what, is that the right fit for your, for your building, then we're, we're, your, we're exactly who you should put in here um the last so that's it you know like what if they were like actually no we want a gap and we want uh, like two more state farm insurance places you know like that's the most buzz kill possible tenant you could have is a state farm insurance space you know what i mean like not fired yeah i'm just saying in terms of like if you're at hip Gowanus, like in dumbo like you know what i mean like your neighbor your uh williamsburg is like I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like stylized, as you know, to the level. And then imagine just being like, no, actually, we're going to put in a State Farm insurance here. Like it's, You can't even fathom it, actually. Yeah. Um, so, But they did put it in there because that's insurance for them. Like They get an easy tenant that, will, that they know will always make rent. No worries there. right? So initially, we were going to have that space. And we were going to have a coffee shop. And we were, there was going to be a door through here going in. And that was one of the dreams i had to let go of Sweet. like i was so into it like my mom had a cafe for two years and it was a train wreck of a business but i grew up in it and i loved it and i was like this is going to be super vibey you know and then they wouldn't do the. that was one of the negotiating pieces i said okay i'll let go of that and then they gave us the lease here um okay the last piece of preparing then back to you melanie for tip your next tip is uh Financials, you have to know why you can afford this and what you can afford, so someday Daniel and I are going to get our act together and do like a deep dive financial fluency piece on forecasting your business. you know I, I did a ten year forecast for this space, but even if you had a three to five year forecast that was healthy that you trust it like it doesn 't matter the scale you have to be a seven figure. Music school like BMF. It's irrelevant. The point is, is you have to actually have the tools and be able to forecast out with some level of authority so that when you walk into that meeting, you're like, yes. You're not like just t- tossing out a number that you think you can afford to pay every year to rent. Yeah, you're not, yeah, exactly. Like maybe like Shark Tank, but, but um, so that's the last piece of prep is just being pretty damn clear. And I got help. Like, I got a friend of mine who was a consultant who had been at um, E Trades for a long time and he had left his gig and now he was helping some small business owners and he helped me with a 10 year forecast. Um, so I had all the numbers, but I needed help with this idea of like, really, how do you do 10 years? I didn't know how to do a slash, you know, send it all the way out um, with some level of confidence. And just as a side little note is the one number I was looking at as I was doing these percentages, because we know enrollment, like, let's say it's your studio, and you're like, here's my jam. I'm going to be a solo, I'm going to be a one-teacher studio that operates three days a week. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you're like, that's my vision. Then that's what you do, okay, dig it. Okay, good, so that's your right now, (laughs) and maybe you're like, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm I'm not ever going to go above three days a week and I don't want to employ others. You're like, that's my vision. Well, okay, so then you're just, so you, you're pretty clear on your inventory. You know how many you can enroll because that's a pretty easy calculus, right? But then you're like, and I'm essentially just going to raise my rates by X percent every two years or every year. So now it gets pretty easy for you to calculate out 10 years, right? In terms of the lease, the one line item I was looking at was what's the percentage of the total amount of cash you'll bring in in your studio that you're willing to put towards the lease, and for me, since we've been at it for, you know, twelve years at this time, I knew what our percentage was. We'd been between like, um, like ten and fourteen or fifteen percent had been going to rent, and my long-term objective was, in the new space, I wanted to get that down to like eight, seven, even 6%. That was the long term goal because if you carve out that percentage, now all of a sudden you can afford things like healthcare for employees, which is like a huge thing on our docket, being able to sort of benefit our employees even more than we do. So if you can get that, like carve that at few percentage points, then you can invest in something else, right? And so when I was going into prep, that's what I was preparing. Like, what's the percentage variant? When they were like, no, we won't give it to you at this rent, but we will give it to you at that. Then I would be like, let me get back to you. And I would just go to that spread. Actually, I pulled the spreadsheet up with them in the room. And I just plugged in the number. And I was like, let me look. Why do you think I pulled the spreadsheet up with them in the room and pulled it in? Back to our pitch point. Why do you think I did that? show you were prepared. So I was prepared.
2: I mean, yeah. And also to show that like you're, if you say no right there, and then it also like gives you more negotiate, more negotiation too, like, yeah, more leverage maybe, like if you're doing that literally like in the room with them.
1: Yeah. And and I think I understand what you're saying. You're saying if, if I had just said no and walked away, but instead I'm saying, well, let's look together.
2: Yeah, I mean, like then you're kind of inviting them into it. And I think that that's just going to be a lot stronger than like going away and then sending them an email the next day because this is.
1: Yes, and I do much better like this. Mm -hmm. I know how I operate. Put me in person with someone and everybody's more comfortable, especially me. Mm. Put me via email. I, like i was watching you work this morning you are just like ripping through a week of back emails and i'm like that's not nate like i was like dude someday you need to it's show me clear. for more i was like <laughs> how do you show me how you do that you know but so so i'm operating in a sphere that feels comfortable to me right mm-hmm. um i'm showing that i'm prepared and then the last piece is i'm showing um, there's an element of transparency and vulnerability, so I'm establishing what the relationship will be like for the next 12 years. I'm like, let's just do this together. I don't have anything to hide. I'm telling you who we are. Here's a book. This is what we are, who we are, and what we plan to do. And for boom I have this mega spreadsheet that I've been chipping away at for like six months. How about we look at it together? Um, the other fascinating piece about this around negotiations, and I have a really good negotiation book if you, anybody wants a recommendation that, that I read in preparation to this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? What is it? Uh, I looked it up. Can I give it to you? you know, yeah, can I give it to you later? Because yes. I have to then start digging through the digital world. Put that in the show notes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
1: Bethany, find that book, please. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bethany. Um, the other last piece that's fascinating is, remember when I said who's a numbers person and who raised their hand? Melanie, one person, right? Do you think this answer would be the same in that meeting? Yes, there, there's only one numbers person there. You don't build a team of like four numbers people. Why, you don't need four numbers people, right? So when I was there, the one person, David, who was the, my, the, taking the piano lessons, he's the numbers guy. Um, and so he also happens to be blind, right? So I open up the spreadsheet, and, like the other guys on the team, they're not, they actually can't even, they don't even know what I'm doing, because that's not what they do, right? But David appreciates it, yeah. and he can't even see it, right? But he knows what I'm doing, because he. that's what he does, right? He's the business development guy. Um, so... <clears throat> Anyways, that's another fascinating piece, because it uh, actually puts you back into leverage, Common. It actually puts you in an interesting advantage.
2: Maybe, yeah, maybe that's some of the word I was
1: thinking of, but. Oh, dig it, yeah. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. That was a really long answer. Melody, other thoughts?
2: I mean, uh, I have uh, maybe a few more things, but does somebody have a question that would help me?
1: Yeah, I always like having the question. Yeah,
2: is there a question that I can answer? Might have been asked, uh, what, where do you teach and, like, because I had missed the intros. Yeah, I have a music school in Williamsburg, so not far from here. Yeah.
0: But also far from here. Also far from here. <laughs> A long time to get there. <laughs> a long time to get here, but not very far.
2: Yeah. So does anybody have a question? Wait, so. Irene. Mean, yeah, the. I wish that I had had you guys as coaches when I was negotiating the first lease because it maybe wouldn't have mm. pulled apart mm. it, listening to you talk about that because that's pretty much what happened now. It was contentious the entire time. Mm. It was a really, really tough negotiation and it fell apart in the end because um, they had no idea how much square footage they were giving me. And at the last like, final hour, they wanted $700 more a month. And I was like, because they were like, oh, but we're giving you the space. And we didn't realize it was that's not my fault. I submitted my floor plans four months ago. Mm. And, And if I, I mean, I did meet with them several times in person and they were trying to sell me on various things. And I kept talking about my budget and you know, what we do or what, and what I need to mm-hmm. stick with. Because it was very lateral nerve as far as space goes. I wasn't increasing my potential for revenue. I was just securing a longer lease. And, uh, and uh, we, we just weren't wet. Everybody just weren't wet. So um, but yeah, it was like a 75 page lease with and they wanted me to do background checks on everybody who walked through the door it was just like
0: fives.
1: and bremen oh my goodness
2: through the door so i'm you know it was really interesting your podcast that you did with vera she said something that when you were talking about building that performance space she said well you kind of have to be dumb to do things and i and i'm not dumb anymore like i know what i'm getting myself into when i take on a new space so it, that i think that's part of why the other two deals fell through. because you like you know the enormity and do you want to work with those people who are adding seven hundred dollars on in the final hour do you want to work with those people who want you to sign a lease before the um oh what's the word that i'm looking at the stop work order is lifted off of the bill teeth? think <laughs> You know, like, and the answer is no. But that's how much I could afford in Williamsburg. You don't have five thousand dollars a month. You don't have a ton of leverage. Yeah, so finding somebody who cares about what you're doing, I don't think I ever found a landlord. You're in Cared. My landlords right now love me, so pay me rent. And that's the other advantage of showing a spreadsheet. You can show I pay my rent. Ooh. Like, that's, I, I have lost before it got to serious contract negotiation because they were like, "Oh, this music studio in the building doesn't pay their rent, so you probably won't either." Just yes. like I. No,
1: that's not your story. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's like, not your story, yeah. and 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 they need to know that. Right.
2: It's, it's but sometimes you're breaking down a lot of barriers with people when they have assumptions, and how do you get into the room to do that?